Hello, everyone. My guest today is Brian Lifback. He's a CEO and co-founder of League App. He's also a member of the board of directors. Previously, he was part of the founding team at Sportsbite and held various business development roles at CBS Sports, College Sports Television, and the official College Sports Network. He's a board member of the NYC chapter of Positive Coaching Alliance and is involved in various other sports nonprofits. Brian, you ready to take us to the top? Yep. Thanks for having me, Nathan. All right. So League Apps, you help folks organize youth sports. How, how are you doing during a pandemic? It's the right question to ask. Uh, uh, Our business dropped precipitously over a few days in March, um, and we had no idea what was to happen. Uh, As much as we scenario plan, the idea of a pandemic coming along and wiping out these sports all across the country uh, was something we we could have never planned for. Uh, One of our investors mentioned what you do is basically illegal uh, in April as we were going back and trying to plan uh, what what our future would look like. Thankfully and luckily, and you know, we are a mission-driven company. We saw sports come back and return to play across communities all over the country. Happen uh, in the spring and the uh, summer, and even into the fall. Uh, right now, the, the demand from parents and families to have their kids play sports, even as you know, school was uncertain, uh, was 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 pretty strong throughout the country. Uh, so now, as uh, there's another uh, uh, kind of restriction in local and, and state governments around what is allowed. Uh, it's affecting youth sports, but but hopefully uh, come spring, uh, people can play in safe, comfortable environments and get all the joys and benefits of sports. So now, you're a pure SaaS company, correct? Yes. And yes, you mentioned you mentioned investors. So let's start there. How much have you raised to date? Yeah, we don't disclose the amount we raised, but we we took a, a more traditional VC Series A round in 2015 and have continued to work with those investors. And when did you launch the company? 2010. Okay, 2020. So Nathan, I have to I have to admit something here. Yeah. Even though uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of your uh, of your podcast, uh, we did not intend to start out as a vertical SaaS company with integrated payments. We just wanted to make better tools for sports organizers and make it easier for them to play. Yep. So we, we really didn't even know what a SaaS company was in 2010. Uh, we had started as an online community to connect people to play sports together, uh, especially adults. It's how, how, how big did that community grow to? Oh, a few, we, would get, we would get about half a million uh, uniques per month. Uh, I'm trying to remember the metrics. And we had uh, hundreds of thousands of members. Uh, it was called Sportsvite. Uh, it was like Evite for sports. And, and did, you, this- did you use that to get your first customers at League Apps? Yeah. And so our super users in sports fight were sports organizers, our directors, our people who uh, manage programs. They, they were the ones looking for players, posting on our message boards. Uh, we would do some sample, offline sampling, sponsorship activation with them. And we saw that they needed better solutions and better tools to actually do all the hard work to make sports happen within their community. So, so we- when did you write the first line of code for League Apps? What year? 2010. Oh, it was 2010. Okay, got it. And did you, and sorry, you, do you raise your first round of financing right at the beginning or you waited? We, we, we had like friends and family and angel investors. We had one, we kind of came out of that sports bike company. So that company was started in 2007. In 2010, we really built up League Apps. It was me and a, a, a core group of engineers and my partner. Uh, and we, we had raised friends and family and angel uh, rounds up until 2015 with the idea of most uh, VC or institutional investors laughed at it in our face that this was a market, a, a total addressable market uh, that was large enough to attract venture investing. Uh, mm-hmm. And we knew it was. We knew that the economy of youth sports was big enough, but 
uh, it took a while to be able to and show enough traction to be able to tell that story in a way that made sense for us to raise uh, more more uh, uh, institutional finance. Talk to me about what these leagues are paying on average per month to use the software today. Sure. So so we are we are a payments model of the companies like MindBody or Shopify even uh, are good examples. We built our payments platform on top of Stripe. So for every sports organization, they generate most of their revenue when the parents or player uh, uh, pays fees during registration to participate in the league. So we've built out the, 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 the capabilities to help process those payments, but also uh, uh, allow them to collect their registrations and then along with that have uh, uh, program management, schedules, messaging, mobile apps, websites, all the tools that they need. So Brian, when you look at total revenue over the past 12 months, the split between SaaS versus percent of GMV on the billing model, what's the split in revenue? Yeah, great question. So we, we the way we built our pricing is that we don't, we, we don't have a SaaS fee. All of the fee is based on the transactions that are processed. Got it. A, an organization can use processing fees if they want, or they could eat that fee. Mm-hmm. So we're taking a piece of that processing fee, keeping it as our as our margin, and then paying Stripe, obviously, the credit card or interchange cost. So if I use you and, and I sign up $1,000 worth of my thing, I mean, generally speaking, I have to give an exact number, but like what range like, percent like are you? 4%, let's say. 4%, right? okay, got it. So you'll make, four, you'll make, you'll make 40 bucks off me. That, but that's, inclu- and then we're pay- and we're, that's inclusive of credit cards, which we don't count as towards our revenue. It's just... Uh, it just kind of gets split up into. Okay, and how many how many leagues have processed at least I guess a dollar through you over the past year? Great. Uh, we we have th- uh, three thousand plus leagues uh, on our platform. And you consider? I mean, that's who you call your customer, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Great. So okay. So about three thousand leagues, and then I mean, I guess the other important thing that you measure is just again percent volume through your platform. So I mean, what does that look like here in twenty twenty? Tough year for everybody. Uh. W- what do you mean by percent volume? Well, you make your money off percent of GMV. So, so how much GMV went through the platform in 2020? Oh, oh, our goal is to get. Our goal this year was to get to billions uh, per year. Uh, that was significantly and drastically uh, um, uh, impacted. But that's that's where uh, we're headed. Uh, we hit. It took us nine years to get to a billion total, and now we're eager to get to a billion a year and beyond. What did you break last year in 2019? A full year with no pandemic. Uh, it's, uh, we don't disclose that information, but we're, we're, uh, growing 50% plus every year. And you know, that number that we want to get to of run rate over a billion is within our sites without a pandemic. Okay. So if you grow 50% from this year into 2021, end of 2021, you'll, you'll pass a billion in terms of GMV. Sure. And, and we believe exactly. And we believe this is a $15 billion market of transactions for team sports in the U S which parents and, and players pay to their organizations. Got it. If growing 50% year over year from today will get you to a billion dollars in GMV process in 2021, that means you're doing something like 750 million bucks in GMV over the past 12 months. You're the SaaS expert. We're not disclosing information, but that those are the types of uh, um, logic and math that we use. Yeah, sorry, Brian. I- I'm only using your numbers. You just said 50% year over year growth. And if you hit that over the next 12 months, you'll hit a billion. And I mean, those are two numbers you said. I don't want to make any numbers up. Are those accurate? Yeah, so we, don't, we don't disclose GMV. Okay, but you, I'm not ta- you just disclosed 50% year over year growth would mean you hit a billion in GMV next year. Is that accurate? Uh, I said two things. We're, we're growing 50% plus, and that's the trajectory that we want to continue to. And I said that 
we are, our goal is to get to a billion dollar plus run rate in transactions. And I followed up at minute 628 in the interview. If people go back a little bit and ask specifically, if you follow that growth rate, will you break a billion next year? And your answer was yes, it's well within our site. Sure. I just want to make sure that you feel that I'm not putting numbers in your mouth. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Uh, you're, you're, you're asking me what? I asked you about a minute and 45 seconds ago. Do you think, you know, if you grow at the 50% that you're targeting over the next 12 months, will you break a billion in GMV next year? And your answer was yes, it's well within our sites. Okay. So then I just clarify that, right? So is that not accurate? Uh, the two, the two things I'm saying is our plan is to grow 50% plus, and we want to get to a billion in run rate next year. And and, and, you, and you think you said you feel like you can easily do that next year? That feels like you can do that next year. Yes, it, okay. that is that is Got the it. goal. So growing 50% and hitting a billion by the end of next year would mean today 750 million times 50% growth gets you to one billion GMV. That's how I did the math. That's not that far off. There. Okay. Okay. COVID implications to it. Cool, cool, but cool. Uh, if you broke, if you divided that by twelve and looked at it a month, that's very close to where. Well, regardless, it's impressive. So, like, let's move on to that for, from that. Are first. you? Is this all going? Are you going to edit this out? No, this is live. We do three thousand of these interviews all live. So let's keep oh, moving. Oh, let's move past okay. this. So, 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 you, what? You're, why are you honing in on this? Well, because that's how you make money. That's your business model is GMV. So that, 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 of course, that's what I'm going to ask about is GMV. Especially when you say you, you already threw out numbers. You said you passed a billion in GMV and you think you'll do a billion just next year alone. That's, of course, if you're going to throw out those numbers, I'm going to ask those questions. Yep. Okay. I mean, that, that's we're, fair, right? Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. And, and we're excited to get to 100 million plus in monthly, GM, in monthly GMV and go beyond that. Yeah, no, that, that would so, obviously be so, amazing. How, so how are you driving growth <laughs> during, you. <laughs> how are you driving growth during COVID? Is it still from sports fight in the community or do you have partners or what's the acquisition model today? So, so sports fight, we sunset it's, it's fully the, the league apps business, uh, growth comes by forming partnerships with new organizations. Since our pricing model is not one that's predicated on transactions uh, or our upfront fees or monthly fees, mm-hmm. we've been very supportive of our partners. Uh, they can, they can. Uh, there's really very little cost. There's a very small service fee to get going, but they can uh, only will pay us when they're collecting their fees. So I we've see. been able to form a lot of partnerships. We just had a conference around how to around community, around impact, around how do we help organizations with professional skills. We've helped them get PPP loans. We've helped them throughout the year. Uh, a sports organizer is someone who has tremendous amount of passion and our ability to help drive. Their not just their business goals, but their mission of what they want to do in their community is a big part of what we do. So we're forming partnerships. We're being uh, judicious around you know who we partner with. There's a shifts in the market right now, but we think that this is a, uh, a a little blip, and that sports will come back stronger and more important to communities than ever before. So that's where some of those transaction numbers have been greatly affected. But uh, our modeling and the things that we've seen and some of the pickup in the fall give us a lot of confidence that we'll keep on marching. You know, after uh, and talk, talk, plus talk years, to me, talk to me, Brian, a little bit about your team today. How many folks are on the team? Sure. We have about 90 people in our, in a full-time people in our company. Uh, we're remote right now, but our office was based in New York city. That's split between obviously product and engineering uh, sales and marketing. Uh, and then all the kind of other functions that uh, a typical software company 
uh, has. We have a community unit and we have, we're investing more and more into impact. So uh, there's some things that I think are unique, but uh, we look at ourselves and, and, and we look at companies like Shopify and MindBody and other vertical SaaS platforms as great examples of how they've scaled or, or how they kind of continue to grow beyond what I think at the beginning people thought that TMD. Right. Uh, how their how, total many, how was. many engineers do you have? Uh, we have about 15. Okay, 15. Got it. Interesting. And do you, I mean, is this some, is this a go to market motion where you can uh, bring in sort of aggressive reps and have them go try and meet quota or is the price you point know, too that, low? That, that's how, that's how we start. We started with uh, inside sales, having people who had passion for sports, calling sports organizations, getting all the, this fragmented data of leads. So we started that way. We're, we're going much more to a, a, a marketing driven approach where we're putting out better content and community and engaging with sports organizations. Referrals is actually a big one too. And then going more inbound where then our, our sales team is more uh, taking the interest and turning it into partnerships. Mm -hmm. How many quota carrying reps do you have today, if any? Uh, oh, we have a, um, we have SDRs and, and then closers and we continuously like adjust, but we have a sales team of 20. Okay. And they all have a quota. Uh, the SDR's quota is more about scheduling appointments. Yeah. How many, so how many just closer with quota? Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we've changed the model up, but before COVID started, it was about eight. I see. I see. Interesting. Okay. And, and I guess sort of last thing before we wrap up with the famous side, obviously churn in any payments driven business, right? Which is really usage based or, or SaaS, which is really, really critical, right? So going through something like the pandemic, obviously you don't want to just measure churn regularly because this is a, a huge anomaly. How do you think about churn in terms of a leading indicator for where you want to take the business? Yeah, we've had to do a lot with that with data. So one thing uh, uh, that we looked at is what are organizations that are on pause versus what are organizations that are ceased to exist? And then what are organizations that le uh, left our platform uh, to but are still continuing to operate. So we went deep into figuring out what are in those three buckets, right? The on pause idea and the death idea never really was as prevalent, but that's something that's really important because of where the landscape is at now, right? We also look at net revenue retention because uh, we have a consumption model and that's kind of driving our revenue. So it's not just, are they churning? It's also like, are, is an organization going to shrink significantly? Uh, we saw very natural growth. And uh, Are you above uh, 100% net revenue retention today? Uh, that before COVID, we were, we yeah. believe we'll be back there. It's hard to, again, calculate. We're looking at it month by month. But yep. yes, we're a company that is is uh, above 100% net revenue retention. That's, I believe we can great. continue to grow that. Yeah, where were you, how far above 100 were you pre-COVID? We, so we were, we were, our goal, I think, for this year was 115%. And I think we were in a great position to reach that goal. And that's really without many hard upsells. So as we bring more products to market, we think there was an opportunity. To, there, there's a big opportunity to even grow that. And we're, we're, the SaaS metric that we're most proud of is our lifetime value and our, our churn number. We think an organization, when they become a partner of the, the right size and type, is going to be on our platform for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. Last question here. According to Crunchbase, you raised about 8.2 million bucks. It's public information because you filed Form Ds. Sure. I don't know why you didn't answer that earlier when it's public. Yeah. Uh, but do you have any plans to raise additional capital? Yeah, we'll continue. To, we've raised a little bit more than that and we'll continue to raise capital to help fund the growth. Uh, we had a profitable Q3 that we were proud of. And okay, we never congratulations. Kind of That's great. <laughs> Thank you. It did feel good, especially yeah. after Q2 was oh my probably gosh. our biggest loss ever. Yeah. So uh, uh, we, we, we've always been thoughtful about how to use capital. We like to grow the business with revenue. We have big ambitions. So where and how to use additional capital 
uh, is is something that uh, we're contemplating for 2021 in the future. Guys, there you have it. Brian Litvak found, founded League Apps back in 2010, focused hard on scaling today. They're making it through COVID just fine. December 2020, uh, passing a billion dollars in total GMV through the platform with eyes on trying to pass that number in a year. Next year alone, they make money by taking 4% of GMV through the platform as they help support league owners manage everything about the league. Brian, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.